You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. I didn't uh, talk to him about the messages, but definitely was a, uh, that tied right in with the message this morning. And so thankful for that. The other side was they kept on changing songs. And you know, when I get up to preach, if I start, if I start down a song and it doesn't, or a message and it doesn't go well, I'm stuck. And I got to just hang on to it and keep on going. And here they just got to keep on changing uh, to a different one. And, but uh, they, they pulled it all together. What a blessing. Uh, definitely got my cup filled there. Uh, all right. Uh, Psalm 107. Let's look again together. Psalm 107 and verse 21 and 22. The Bible says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Isn't that what we just did? Isn't that what that song was just about? Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. And here we find that uh, God's people here, uh, the psalmist is saying that He was desiring for God's people to praise the Lord. And, you know, as our uh, brother Davis gets up to lead singing, and sometimes it's almost that we have to twist somebody's arm to sing praises to the Lord. Isn't that true? Sometimes we, we are not prepared in our own mind or own heart to truly, truly offer up sacrifices of praise. And here, this is, this is what the Lord is wanting. He is wanting us. Oh, that men would praise. Now, Psalm, you have to remember, Psalm is the songbook. The largest book in the Bible is the songbook. And here, as, as God's people are gathering and the psalmist is writing, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Now, let me ask you a question. Is God good? Amen. God's good. You know, it shouldn't be hard for God's people to praise God for his goodness. It ought not be uncomfortable for God's people to praise God for his goodness. It should just be a natural outpouring of a grateful heart, a heart of gratitude, a heart of thankfulness. And here he said, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men and let them sacrifice the the sacrifices of thanksgiving. Now you stop and think about that. God ties our praise to an offering. It is something that we can give God. And he said, the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And all of us, we ought to be a thankful people, shouldn't we? You know, we're so blessed. We we are so blessed. We stop. It's Thanksgiving season. Uh, Put a smile on your face. It's okay. All right. And, you know, it's Thanksgiving season. And here as we enter into Thanksgiving, there are some people that are stressing 
getting ready to go into Thanksgiving. It's like, oh no, I've got to get this, I've got to get this, and I've got to get this, and all these decorations have to be just perfect, and uh, the food has to be done all at the same time. And you got to make sure that it all comes together. And Mrs. Brown, a couple years ago, started uh, cooking the turkey the day before. That way it didn't have to just come out of the oven just at the right time for everything else coming out of the oven. And so, uh, so now uh, she doesn't, she's not stressing over that. She'll find something else to stress over, but, uh, but uh, she's not stressing over that uh, at this point anymore. Uh, but, you know, in, in our lives, we, we are going into this Thanksgiving season, and the reality is we should be thankful all the time. Why should we be thankful? We should be thankful because of God's goodness, his wonderful works to the children of men. And so here uh, he said uh, that we are to let us uh, sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. So our thankfulness leads to our praise, and our praise then, uh, God is showing it and calling it out as being a sacrifice, an offering. Uh, so to praise is to thank. To sacrifice is the word ziva. And, and that, uh, that word there, it means uh, the sacrifice is the killing of a living thing. It was an act of worship. And it was, uh, it, was a, uh, it was for expiation. It was for the replacement of our sins and taking the place. The Lord has taken the place for our sins. He is our sacrifice. And, and because of uh, what he has done, we offer him sacrifices. And so just as the Old Testament offer, offerings were brought to God uh, on the brazen altar, that, uh, uh, that altar that they would come and they would sacrifice, they would kill an animal, and they would put it on that, uh, that altar, uh, and uh, they would, that, that sacrifice would be offered up to God. Uh, we are to offer sacrifices to the Lord, but those sacrifices that he wants from us, he wants us to offer him sacrifices of praise, praising him. And you know, we're a blessed people. We have a lot to be thankful for. You know, I'm, I'm thankful uh, for my Savior. I'm thankful for my salvation. I'm thankful for my sweetie. Uh, I had to alliterate all of those. Uh, you know, I'm, there are so many things that we in life uh, are thankful for. There are so many blessings. I'm thankful for the Word of God. I'm thankful for the house of God. I'm thankful for the people of God. Uh, I'm thankful for what God has done uh, in my life. I'm thankful for those that have, have uh, invested in me and have sacrificed for me, uh, those that... Uh, have uh, provided for me. Uh, and, and you know, we are a blessed people. First Peter chapter two and verse number nine, the Bible says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And as children of God, 
We have been so blessed that God would take us out of the miry clay and set our feet on the solid rock, establish our goings, take our sin debt upon him and give us the righteousness of Christ, the imputed righteousness of Christ. He has given us his standing and he took our sinful state upon himself. And, and as children of the Lord, as saved, God says that we are a royal priesthood. And with that, a priest would offer sacrifices. And you and I have an opportunity to be able to offer sacrifices and give sacrifices to the Lord. And so uh, we are to be active uh, in this process, just, that, just as a priest was in the Old Testament. Uh, they were uh, to be active in the service of the Lord, his cause and his mission uh, and his sacrifices. And they were to give and off, offer those sacrifices to God from man. And now you and I, uh, there is no mediator between God and man, uh, the, the Christ Jesus. But now he has appointed us as priests. And just like uh, the priest of the Old Testament, we can come before God and we can offer up those sacrifices. Uh, so uh, what a blessing. And that's where we're at here in Psalm 107, uh, verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with thanksgiving. Uh, with rejoicing. And this morning, I want to look at that, and we're going to look at five different uh, sacrifices that you and I can give to God. Five different things that uh, we can sacrifice to the Lord. And, and I'm going to speak to you on the subject this morning, uh, from thanksgiving to thanksgiving. From thanksgiving to thanksgiving. It ought not just be something that comes out of our lips. There ought to be a life that lives out our faith. And with that, I pray this morning that all of us will grow. And let's pray together. Father, I pray that you'd bless now this time. Help us, Lord, truly to be a thankful people. You have blessed us beyond measure. And sometimes we get so busy, I know I do, that uh, I fail to see all the blessings that you give to us. And I pray that you'd help us just to slow down a little bit and think about your goodness to us and help us uh, to offer the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And so I pray that you'd bless now, please, for Christ's, uh, for Christ's sake. Amen. All right, so we're going to look at uh, several things this morning, five different things. Uh, I don't know that we'll get to all five, but I'm going to try. Uh, we'll see how we do here. Uh, but we're going to uh, look at some things. What are some offerings uh, that we can give to the Lord uh, in our lives? And there are five that we're going to look at this morning. Number one, uh, we are to present our person. Presenting 
uh, our person, your person as a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Go to uh, Romans chapter 12, very familiar passage, uh, Romans chapter 12. We've probably got about 60 verses that we're going to look at this morning, and I'm not going to wait for you to turn to all of them, uh, but these key verses I want you to go to in your Bible, highlight them. These are, these are great verses that uh, will help us. Uh, but here, what is a sacrifice that God wants from you and from me? First of all, Romans 12, 1 and 2, uh, we have, and we have to remember, the Apostle Paul, as he is pinning this book of Romans, he is not asking on, on behalf of himself. This, this request that he is making, it was not just Paul's request so he could get something he wanted. This was God's word. This was God beseeching. And so uh, think about that, Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living, what? Sacrifice. A living, what? sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So here, the first sacrifice that we should be willing to give God is our person. We should give God ourself. And God says, that's reasonable. I gave you my son. Shouldn't you, as a redeemed child of God, give yourself back to me? You see, uh, there is a, uh, an expectation. And he said, I didn't ask you for a dying sacrifice. He said, I want you to be a living sacrifice. You see, all of the sacrifices in the Old Testament, those sacrifices, those were, those were sacrifices that were offered. And when that sacrifice was going to be offered, uh, that sacrifice had no will. It had no rights. That sacrifice was being offered, and it was going to lose its life. It was a blood sacrifice. And so the Lord doesn't ask us for a blood sacrifice. Uh, he has already done that once and for all. Amen? Uh, but now he asks us for a living sacrifice. The reason, why should we? Because of the mercies of God. Why, why, do, why should I give God my life? Because of how merciful God has been to me. Now, the grace of God, we love to, to revel in the, the grace of God. The grace of God is God giving us what we do not deserve. We don't deserve God's blessings, but God gives them to us anyway. But the mercy of God, it precedes the grace of God. Because the mercy of God is where God does not give us what we do deserve. Do you know what we deserve? We deserve the punishment, the full weight of justice. You know, people talk about, well, I want justice. No, you don't. You see, God's justice, in God's justice, we would have to pay our sin debt. 
But what is it that God does, has done for us? He has given us, he has showed to us mercy. What has he done? He has withheld the judgment that was owed. He did not give us what we deserve. We deserve uh, to die in our sins. We deserve to spend an eternity without God in a lake of fire. We deserve uh, to, to be eternally punished because of our sin nature. And God in his mercy said, you know what, I'm not going to give you that. I'm not going, I'm going to withhold my mercy from those, or I'm going to withhold my judgment. I am going to show mercy on those who are my children. You know, if you're not a child of God, you, you need to become a child of God. Uh, not, just, not just to escape the penalty of hell, but to enjoy all the blessings that he has given to us, uh, to be a child of the king, to be able to, uh, to enjoy the blessings that he has offered, the grace that he gives to us, but he wants a living sacrifice. Uh, why should we give ourselves uh, the reason it's the mercy of God. Uh, because of God's mercies, we should willingly and freely offer ourselves and give back to him. You see, the reason was the mercy of God. The requirement was that it would be freely offered. He said, I beseech you. It wasn't going to be taken regardless. It's something that we can offer. It's something that we can give. The sacrifices in the Old Testament, they were purchased. And they were uh, bought and brought to the altar. Those sacrifices had no choice in the matter. But you and I have a choice. He has given us the freedom, the opportunity to show him that we love him and a sacrifice of praise that we can give to him is our person uh, we can give ourselves back to him but this sacrifice uh, was reasonable it's our reasonable uh, the sacrifice was to come a specific way just like all of the sacrifices in the old testament there were requirements on those sacrifices there were types of sacrifices and the person bringing the sacrifice had to bring it in a manner that God would accept it. You say, no, God will just take whatever I give him. Well, tell that to Cain. God didn't accept his sacrifice. Why? Because he didn't bring the type of sacrifice that God was requiring. And you and I, when we, when we look at this, God says, listen, not only do I want your life, I want your life to be holy and acceptable unto God. Now, look with me again at Romans 12, 2. Here he said, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed uh, by the renewing of your mind. They may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Go back to, to verse number uh, uh, 1. He said that, uh, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, what's that next word? Holy, H-O-L-Y, not W-H-O-L-E-Y. -E 
He was saying, I don't just want you to give me your life. I want you to give me a holy life. That's a reasonable sacrifice to God. It's reasonable that that sacrifice should not come before God dirty. Amen. That sacrifice that was to come to God, it was to be a holy sacrifice. It was to be a set-apart sacrifice. It's the word hagios, holy, set-apart. And God was saying this, this sacrifice, this holy sacrifice, just like the, uh, the lambs that were brought, uh, they had to be without blemish. They couldn't just offer any type of sacrifice. They had to bring a specific type of sacrifice. And God, when we are going to present ourselves to him, he said that that sacrifice should be a sacrifice of our life, a living sacrifice. It should be holy sacrifice, and it should be acceptable unto him, not acceptable to us. We don't get to pick. You know, if I was to buy Deb a Christmas present, I'm not going to, but if I were to buy her a Christmas, no, I will. But uh, if I was going to buy her a Christmas present and I said, honey, you know what? I have, I have got the perfect gift for you. It is a Smith & Wesson XVR 460. I am so excited to give you this gift. Now, how many of you think that, that she would enjoy that gift? It's a handgun that she probably, it is so big, she probably could not even pick up. And I think it's a great gun. But if I was going to give her a gift, I wouldn't give her a gift that I want. I would give her a gift that she wants. And you know, when we come to the Lord too often, we want to come to God and say, well, God, this is just what I want to give you. But what does God want? And he wants us to offer. And we're looking at this, if I truly have a heart of thanksgiving, if I truly am thankful for all that God has done for me, then I should come to him and say, Lord, what is it that you want from my life? And here in Romans, we find that he wants us to present our person. Uh, we are to give ourselves uh, as a living sacrifice. Secondly, uh, we see that uh, we are to pre present our praise, presenting your praise. We are to bring praise to God. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13, go there with me. Uh, we'll be back in this chapter tonight as well, uh, Hebrews 13. Uh, but, but this morning here in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 15, who do we find? Uh, we find here uh, as the, uh, the book of Hebrews is summing up all that uh, God has offered to us, the peace, the blessings, uh, the redemption. Uh, we have been given so much from God. Uh, he has given us so much. Uh, but here we find uh, something that he wants us to offer him. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God, how often? How often? Continually. Not just at Thanksgiving. Continually. 
We ought to always be in a mind that is thankful to God. We should be offering praises to God uh, continually. Uh, That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And you know what? He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our thanks. Uh, We are to be offering to the Lord. We are to be giving uh, to the Lord. And and with that, uh, we need to be giving to him uh, our praises. Christmas, as I said, is just right around the corner, and uh, Deb's been asking me about uh, what I want for Christmas. And, you know, she said, well, people are asking, what do you want for Christmas? And you need to give me a list. I don't need anything. If I want it, I go get it. I remember saying that about my grandpa. There was nothing that we could give grandpa because he had everything. Now, I don't have everything, but when I was in college, Brother Hiles taught us, he said, he said, you can be content one of two ways. Either you can get all you want, or you can want all you have. Now, number one is not an option. I can't get all I want, but I can want all I have. And, you know, in life, as we are living life, so often we get, uh, we get uh, 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 caught up in, uh, in what we want. And we need to be looking at not only do, what do we want, we need to be looking at what does the Lord want. He wants us uh, to give back to Him. We, he wants us to give Him uh, this, the praise. Psalm thir- uh, 69 and verse 30 and 31, he said, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify Him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hoofs. You know what God said? He said, your offerings of praise and thanksgiving is worth more than the offering of an ox or a bullock. Now, oxes and bullocks, these were were not small sacrifices, you know, you look back in the Old Testament, there was provision given for people if they could not afford to bring a lamb. And then certain amount of households could gather together. Why? Because of the expense. And if you couldn't offer the lamb, there were other sacrifices that were, were given if you couldn't afford that. And, and here, when we look at a sacrifice of an ox or a bullock, that would be like you giving your car. It was not a small sacrifice. The sacrifice of an ox and a bullock was a livelihood. That's how they got their work done. It is how they plowed their fields. It is how they, uh, they, they moved their, uh, their uh, wares to market, to be able to sell. Uh, without that, they did not have the ability to earn a living. It was part of their living. And God said, listen, uh, your offering of praise, thanksgiving to me, your praise is worth more than an ox or an, a bullock. What he was saying was, your praise to me uh, is more important than what you put in an offering. You know, we can't buy God off. You know, we can put, every one of us could put every bit of money that we had into an offering plate and it wouldn't make God any richer.
You see, what is it that God wants? Not saying that God doesn't want us to give. I'll get to that later. But God wants us to give him praise. Our, our worship, our lifting him up in praise is an offering, a sacrifice that he wants us to give. Uh, Psalm 34, 1, let us offer the sacrifice uh, of praise unto God. He said that it should be continually, I will bless the Lord uh, at all times. Praise shall continually be in my mouth, he said. Psalm 119, 108, except I I beseech thee the freewill offerings at my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. Uh, We are just to offer the Lord uh, praise. Uh, When we come to church on Sunday morning, we ought to come uh, not to praise him. We ought to come praising him. It ought to just be something that's happening already, and it's just a continuation. And now when we get to church, instead of uh, a voice or a few voices, now all of a sudden we have an army of people that are praising the Lord together. Uh, and that's how it ought to be. We are to present, uh, presenting your person, presenting your praise. Thirdly, presenting your prayer. Presenting your prayer. Psalm 141, 2 Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. What do we find here? God is, he is connecting the prayers of his people to the altar of incense. When you went into the tabernacle or at the, uh, the courtyard, if you would, of the tabernacle in the Old Testament, uh, we, would, we would have this courtyard, and at that courtyard, uh, the first thing that you would come to, you'd have this, the slaughter tables on the sides, but you would have the brazen altar, and that brazen altar was the symbol of judgment, and those sacrifices would be brought, they'd be slaughtered, they'd be offered onto that brazen altar as the symbol of judgment, the symbol of sacrifice, the shedding of blood that one day Christ would fulfill. Bible says in Hebrews 9, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And the Lord uh, was our sacrifice. He was that lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And and so everything in the tabernacle, uh, it was all referring to what one day Christ was going to do for us. But we see here how there was that brazen altar and, and they would sacrifice those offerings. And then the priest would take the blood and he would go uh, and he would uh, make his way towards the, uh, the Holy of Holies, but before they could enter in, they had to come in clean. They could not come into God's presence dirty, filthy. And they would go to that laver, and that laver was like a big bird bath. And the, the uh, Levites would pour water in, and the water would cascade down over. They had to wash in running water. And as that water, they would wash their, uh, the filth from the sacrifice off of them. And then they would take that blood, and then they would go into the holy place. Now, the holy place uh, uh, was divided in two different sections, and that was the actual tabernacle within the coverings there. And they would walk in, and uh, the first thing that they would see was, 
when they walked in was there was an altar of, uh, of uh, the show, table of showbread here to the right. There was the, uh, the, uh, the lampstand, uh, the golden uh, lampstand to their left. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about the symbolism later in another time. But right in front of them when they walked in, right alongside that veil that went from the holy place to the holy of holies, there was an altar of incense. And just as there was a brazen altar that was for judgment, there was a golden altar for praise. And it was the altar of incense. And incense was a was a uh, an odor. It was a it was a material. They would put that uh, incense down, but the incense and the aroma of the incense was not released until it was burned. And you remember how Hophni and Phineas they offered strange fire. God killed them. You see the golden altar. It could not be started with any fire. It had to be started with a coal from off of the brazen altar. And the brazen altar was what gave the access, the ability to communicate with God. The altar of incense, uh, the Bible tells us, and for time's sake, we're not going to go there, but uh, we see how it was the prayers of the saints was that sweet-smelling savor. And here uh, we have the ability to praise God because of what Christ has done. You know what? Because of what Christ has done, we ought to pray. There ought to be a heart of gratitude and love and adoration for what he has done for us, uh, who he is, his essence and his presence, uh, what he has done and what he is doing and what he will do in our future. And because of that, we ought to come before him praising and glorifying him uh, just as that uh, altar of incense and the, the fragrances would, would fill that room. Uh, Psalm 100 verse 4, the Bible says that we are enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Revelation 5, 8, it says, and when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and 20 elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. You know what it was? It was that, that praise that was going heavenward. Uh, the brazen altar is Christ, our sacrifice. The candlesticks uh, was Christ, our sight. Uh, the showbread is Christ, our sustenance. The golden altar of prayer or incense was Christ, our supplication. And we just, we ought to come before God and we ought to come before him offering our prayers. Our prayers. Now, I wish I could stand before you and say that my prayers were always fervent. You see, that incense was not putting up any, any uh, aroma unless it was burning. Burning, fervor, zeal. And our prayers, they ought to be governed by fire. There ought to be zeal to them. There ought to be a intensity about our prayers. 
And so here we see that uh, he said, let the, my prayer be set before thee as incense in Psalm 141, 2. And so uh, we, we need to be presenting our prayers. Fourthly, presenting your possessions. I told you I'd come back to it. Presenting your possessions. That our offerings, just because it's spiritual, does not mean it's not monetary. It doesn't mean that it's not a monetary gift as well. And so here, uh, Hebrews 13 and verse 16, but to do good and to communicate, forget not, he said, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So these sacrifices of thanksgiving, uh, we ought to offer to the Lord. Uh, we, we ought to offer him uh, an offering of thanksgiving uh, with our possessions. Now, the word communicate there is not just talking, the communicating, it is the sharing. When we, when we look in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 14 to 17, uh, the, uh, the Bible tells us, Notwithstanding, ye have d- well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Hebrews 13, 16, but to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. And so here the sacrifices, the communicating, it is the giving. And God wants us uh, to give to him. Uh, We are to do good uh, and to communicate. We are to do good, but we are also still to give. And that was, that was a, a sacrifice that you and I uh, could to give to God. He said, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Now, how many gifts do you think you're going to get that you're not going to be well pleased with? You know, we have a, a staff, uh, we'll have a staff Christmas party, and with the uh, staff Christmas party, there's a $5 uh, gift, and we do a, just a gift exchange, and, and somebody is going to bring something that nobody wants. Now, some of those gifts that are going to be offered, uh, we will, we'll, uh, we'll pass numbers out, and you get to pick, and so uh, uh, whether where we start at the beginning or the end of the, the numbers, uh, but somebody, the first person will get their gift, and they'll open it up, and they'll, uh, they'll get to look at it. The second person uh, looks at their gift and says, do I want that gift, or I want to go get a different gift? And they can go and grab another gift and keep it for themselves, or they can go and give that to somebody else that has already opened a gift and give them their gift and take the one that they, they wanted. Uh, there are some gifts that will get transferred from person to person, and the person whoever has the last number, uh, they're going to be the one walking away with whatever they wanted. And somebody's going to walk away with something they really didn't want. You know, when we give to God, I hope we don't give to God in such a way as we just give him something that we don't want. Or maybe something that we could do without. Well, you know, I don't don't really need this, so I'll 
I'll give it to God. You know, our sacrifices to God, they ought to reveal not just obedience, they ought to reveal a heart of gratitude and thankfulness for what he has done. You know, we don't give just because of bills and budgets and buildings. We give because we want to honor our God. Our sacrifices, our giving to God, it ought to be done out of a heart of love and and thankfulness. Uh, We are to do good. We are to share. We're to participate, communicate in the giving, the receiving. Uh, These sacrificings, God said, uh, he is well pleased with them. Uh, Our giving, uh, our offerings reveal uh, what we really think about God. In the Old Testament, 2 Samuel chapter 24 and verse 24, it tells us about what what the people were doing. They were coming and they were bringing sacrifices and offerings uh, to the priests to offer to God. But they were bringing blind sacrifices. They were bringing lame sacrifices. They were bringing blemished sacrifices. Uh, they were bringing sacrifices that no, they knew they couldn't, they couldn't do anything with. They knew it was a sacrifice that would not have had uh, the value. And, and, and here God said, if you want to give those sacrifices to me, go bring those sacrifices to the king. When you go before the king, you would have to bring an offering or bring a present and say, go ahead and bring them to him. Uh, bring, bring that type of a sacrifice to the king and see if they accept it. And God was saying, don't bring me a sacrifice that is not a sacrifice that's worthy. You know, in our giving and our obedience to the Lord and our tithes, our offerings, God is such a just God. He doesn't expect anybody to do something that they can't. That's why the tithe, a tenth, a tenth is relative. 10% of a dollar, 10% of a million dollars. Still relative to what that individual can do. God's a just God, but he wants us uh, to give. Our offerings ought to be uh, offerings that are uh, given to him. We ought to present, uh, presenting your person, presenting your praise, presenting your prayer, presenting your possessions, but presenting, fifthly, a pure life your pure life. You see, when we look at what we give to God, it ought to be based out of a heart of love. Go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. I'm almost done. 1 John chapter 4. Look with me at verse number 19. Let's read that together. 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 19. 1 John 4, 19. You ready? We love him because he first loved us. Let's say that again. We love him because he first loved us. You know, when we come before the Lord and we present to him a pure life, it ought to just be because of how good God's been to us. You say, well, pastor, you know, as Christians, Christians just can't have any fun. Man, I have all the fun I want to have. 
You know, Christians, it's not that there are a bunch of rules and regulations of things that are going to make us miserable. You know what it is? It, it is guide, guidelines that God has given to us to keep us from being bound and imprisoned. They're the things that set us free. And, and here, when I present a pure life to God, I am just coming to him uh, and, and showing by how I live what I think of who he is. You know, we're all going to stand before the Lord one day. Second Corinthians tells us where we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to stand before him. And when that day comes, we're gonna, we're, we will wish we had lived in such a way that we are honoring who he is. And these, these offerings of thanksgiving, these are things that we can do for him. Psalm 51, verse number 17. Psalm 51 is a, uh, it's a, a penitential psalm. Or, uh, it is when David is coming back to God. You remember the story how he had, uh, he had committed adultery with Bathsheba, and then he had conspired to have Uriah, one of his mighty men, having him killed. And, and David uh, was, was separated be- between God. There was a uh, his sin had separated him from God. And, and with that, we, we have to recognize that when we sin, there's a distance, there's a disconnect. The Bible says if we regard iniquity in our heart, the Lord will not hear us. And here David now, uh, as being separated from God because of his sin, he is confronted by the prophet. Nathan comes to him and says, thou art the man. And we find how after this confrontation by the man of God over the sin that was in the life of, uh, of David, David gets right with God. And in Psalm 51, we find him coming back to God. And, and with that, what do we find? We find that he is, he is submitting himself uh, to the Lord. Uh, in verse number, uh, let's see, Psalm 51, 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Go back down to the beginning uh, of the chapter, uh, and we see in verse number one, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. And here, uh, David is coming back to the Lord. And you know what? He knew before he could come back, he had to clean up. Now, to be able to get saved, we don't have to clean up. But after we get saved, there's a cleaning process. There's an expectation that God is going to work in us. He said, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. What, what happened? There is a working of God in the hearts. And David here, uh, in these first three verses, he is, he is submitting himself to God. Verse 7, he said, purge me with hyssop. Uh, what is he referring to? He's referring back to the Passover, the shedding of blood, uh, the a Passover lamb, and taking the, the shed blood of that lamb and applying on the doorpost and on the lintel, the header there. And, and he was 
He was saying, uh, purge me uh, with hyssop, wash me. He said, make me to hear joy and gladness. And verse number eight, verse number nine, hide thy face from my sin. He said, blot out all mine iniquities. Verse 10, create a clean heart, create in me a clean heart. Cast me not away from thy presence. Verse 11 and verse number 12, he said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And and let me just uh, bring this to each and every one of us. When we allow sin into our life, the joy of our salvation will be minimized. We allow bitterness into our heart. We allow sinful behavior into our, into our activities. We, we disobey the commands of God. Uh, what we will find is that the joy of his salvation, it's not the joy of our salvation. Salvation is of the Lord. It's his. He has just given it to us, and he has offered it to us. But the joy of his salvation will not be there when there is sin in our life. And David here recognized what he was missing. And he said, Lord, I got to come back, but I got to come back clean. And he dealt with the sin issue. You know, if we are going to offer thanksgiving to God, we've got to present a pure life. A pure life. Now, none of us have arrived. And no matter what appearance people see, there is a sin nature that you and I have. And that sin nature, though the penalty may be paid for, that sin nature is still present. And we deal with it day in and day out. And here the Lord said, an offering of thanksgiving, we could present to him a pure life. Lord, what do you want? What what would you want from me? Lord, what can I offer to you? Present your person to me. Give me yourself. Lord, what can I give to you as an offering of thanksgiving? Present your praise to me. Present your prayer to me. Present your possessions to me. Present your pure life. And the Lord looks down and says, these are the things, these are five sacrifices of thanksgiving that everyone could give to me and God would be pleased. Thanksgiving. Now, how many of you are having turkey? How many of you are having ham? How many of you are having both? How many of you are having salad? God help you. All right. And, you know, as long as it's in addition to the, uh, uh, the ham or the turkey, uh, just not substitute. And so, uh, anyway, you know, here we look and we look at Thanksgiving and we think, well, Thanksgiving is about all that special day. It's about the people. It's about the, it's about the environment. It's about the food. And we're just going to enjoy Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving has nothing to do with bounty. Thanksgiving has nothing to do with somebody else. Thanksgiving is something that each and every one of us can have directly with God. Whether you're here this morning and you have a family around you or whether you're here and you're all alone, 
you can have a great Thanksgiving. And that Thanksgiving could be connected a Thanksgiving that is truly focused on the one that we should thank the most. And that's the Lord. From Thanksgiving to Thanksgiving, these things aren't just things to do. These are things that we should become. It should just become a part of us as a child of God. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for your, your goodness. You have been so wonderful to us. You have blessed us beyond measure. And I pray that you would help us this morning to truly be a thankful people. And Lord, as I look around the auditorium, I see people that, that I know and that I love. And uh, Lord, many that uh, I feel confident of uh, their love for you. But Lord, I, I come before you to, this morning recognizing that I need to be more thankful in my own life. And so I pray that you'd help me, Lord, to apply these areas into my own life. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning, and you know the Lord is your personal Savior. You say, Pastor, I do know the Lord is my Savior. I, I can go back in my mind to a time, a place where I've accepted him. Uh, if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. I'm, I'm sure of that as a testimony to the Lord. Just slip your hand up this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a blessing it is to be able to have that. You can put your hands down. Have that assurance. You know what? You have a lot to be thankful for. If, if you have accepted the gift of salvation, so many, so many thoughts, so many actions ought to just result from the thankfulness for what God has done for, for us. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord is your Savior. You say, Pastor, I don't know. I'm concerned about it. I wish I knew. I wish I could have raised my hand just a moment ago. But I don't know for sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. Uh, pray for me. Uh, maybe you're here and that's the case this morning. You don't know the Lord is your Savior. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you. I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you. But I'd like to pray for you. Pastor, pray for me this morning. I'm not sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. Pray for me. All right. How about it, child of God? Are we living in such a way that would reveal our thankfulness to God? I pray that all of us will live that way. Father, you know the needs. Help us to truly be thankful for what you have done in our lives. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. We'll have just a short invitation. If the Lord spoke to your heart this morning, you respond. Maybe find a spot, an old-fashioned altar. And just come before the Lord and, and show your thankfulness. Tell him, thank him, offer praise and prayer. Maybe you're here this morning and you've not followed the Lord in believer's baptism. Whatever it is that you need to do, make that decision this morning. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's BBC, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.